This podcast is brought to you by OnTrack Studio. You're listening to Boring is Bad for Business. As a brand studio, we've seen too many brands play it safe and it's causing them to get lost in a sea of sameness. With this show, we want to encourage business leaders to embrace what makes them different and translate that into bold brands that delight and spark emotional connections. I'm Suji. And I'm Joel. Hope you enjoy the episode. Now let's get into it. We begin today by acknowledging the Gubby Gubby people as the traditional owners of the country we are recording in today. We recognise their continued connection to the land, waters and acknowledge they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend that respect to all First Nations people listening today. So the whole idea of this show is to encourage business owners and brands to embrace what makes them different and share their unique take with the world. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to Emma Head, the founder of Sweet Mickey. For those of you who don't know... Sweet Mickey is the OG, is what I'm saying, of uh, quote cookies. So today, Sweet Mickey is a feel-good gifting company that exclusively trades in the business of being delicious and delighting. And when it comes to not being boring, Sweet Mickey, Emma, you are absolutely not a cookie cutter business, which is why we are so excited to have you here today. And we just want to get to know about your brand, your story, and how you embrace this concept of not being boring. So welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. I think we start at the beginning. Um, I, from my research, it tells me that you've been Sweet Mickey's been around for about seven years. What did Sweet Mickey look like in the early days? In the early days, I started baking cookies from home just for friends, and it it wasn't with the intention to necessarily start a business. I just wanted to make my friends laugh and feel good around Valentine's Day, and so yeah, I started making these little boxes for my girlfriends, and then a friend of mine owned a cafe. So I started making cookies for his cafe. So it was really just born out of me having a family recipe that everyone enjoyed eating, but me more so wanting to write funny messages to make them all laugh. And so it was really just born from, yeah, it it came from wanting to make my friends laugh and feel good. just happened to be via a cookie. I love it. Did you have a, was it a side hustle as they say? Yeah, I was sort of in between jobs. I had worked in marketing and social media, but I was having a little quarter life crisis and I I definitely saw a gap in the gifting business at the time and yeah it was sort of born from there but definitely a side hustle. Yeah love that and was there a point that you know you saw that grow from that side hustle that you kind of identified that the brand had its own personality and it started to split off as as things grew? Yep I think I didn't go into it with too much planning and it 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 just sort of developed on its own quite naturally so I think that that helped it you know it was probably you know an an authentic sort of extension of my personality and it sort of developed and it actually took me a while to really you know then I started to realize what it had become and then really sort of you know started to more formalize who the brand was Mm. what was their persona but initially it, it happened you know, quite naturally. And then we sort of re- refined it and started to, you know, think more seriously about it as we got busier. Yeah. Awesome. How does the brand differentiate from your personal brand today? Um, who's more, who's takes the Mickey more? I, I think still very similar. Um, I think probably I was a little bit funnier and cheekier um, at the start. <laughs> Maybe it was my age. And I think it's, it's something we're definitely starting to do now is to look back and be, you know, think about why we started and make sure we haven't lost that cheekiness um, and become a little bit more PG or corporate and boring. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely what we're starting and people, you know, within the business now, we're starting to look back and be like, are we cheeky enough? Are we making sure we haven't lost that personality that we had at the start? 
Yeah, I love that. That's, that's what a fun opportunity to look back and go, actually, can we make this more cheeky and own the space? Do you find that you need to embrace then that cheekiness in your internal dialogue with the team? Because I imagine it's pretty hard to like come up with a cracking line if it's not a fun environment. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, it's important to me that we have a feel good, fun place to work and that the team are comfortable and happy and relaxed. And that's where, you know, creativity can flow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the same as us. We have a line um, that we, we tried to put words around it, but we're like, we're in the business of creativity so our workplace needs to be pretty fucking great to work in we ummed and on for ages but we're like that that is actually it so starting out and this happens happens a lot with founders that we work with there's this fear this element of fear did you have that element of fear when it came to like stepping out of that side hustle and growing a brand and how did you have overcome some of those I didn't have too much fear about the brand at the start. I think I had other fears about the product or staying original or trying to be different and making sure that what we were doing product-wise was original. Yeah, I didn't have too many fears at the time around the brand mm-hmm. um, because because we were quite experimental at the start. So I think I sort of approached it that way. It's sort of more as you get on, you tend to think about things a little bit more seriously. Yeah, and do you find that those things come up now? a little bit of fear about the brand or in the later stages? You become a little bit more conscious of your audience and as you grow, you tend to want to, you know, you're conscious of offending people or, mm. you know, tend to sort of play it more, play it safe, which I think can uh, lead you towards a more boring path. And I think sometimes you've got to, you know, stop and look and go, well, hang on, like, can we be a little bit more cheeky and push the boundaries a little bit more like we used to? And I think that's something I'm definitely conscious of lately. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's like by you might lose, you know, you might lose some interest from people who are like that offends me, but maybe attract people who are more. They're like, I'm buying this because you are so outrageous or you know provocative. Yeah, that's so true. The more pro- provocative we are and cheeky we are, like they're actually the post people share amongst friends, save the naughtier. Like, you know, you might offend someone along along the way, but. <laughs> The generally the really cheeky stuff like we have customers that write really cheeky gift notes and really sometimes rude things on cookies because we let people write whatever they want on a cookie. So you can write any message to anyone, we'll write it on a cookie and send it. And so we get really hilarious messages and sometimes, you know, we'll just, we, you know, we love to put them up and show people what other people write. But yeah, they're the, the, they're the posts and that's the content that people enjoy seeing. So I think we also need to take a bit of inspiration from our customers and, yeah, make sure that we're creating products and quotes and, and being, you know, a bit a bit more cheeky and provocative because that's actually what people enjoy and it's different. It breaks, breaks it up from everything else that's out there um, that can be a bit boring. And I think, you know, they're desensitised to things they're seeing on social media and their feed. You know, I think the best way to stand out is obviously to be a bit different and cheeky. So, yeah, it catches people's eye. It gets people's attention and it's hard to do that these days. Oh, definitely. With so much noise out in the marketplace, it's really, it is hard to stand out. I love that, mm. owning that. Have you, are there any quotes that stand out? Uh, like a real, oh, wow, <laughs> that really, someone really said that? We get birthday gifts where people write, happy, happy birthday, fat ass bitch, or <laughs> just funny things amongst friends, or suggestive sex positions on a cookie question with question marks around Valentine's Day which are always quite funny. So around Valentine's Day, we get quite, you know, sexual, provocative things written on cookies. We've oh. had, you know, snip, snip, hooray, happy vasectomy day. <laughs> yeah. you That's know, great. When, 
yeah, we had a wife recently send a box of cookies to her husband who was getting a vasectomy with little candy-shaped penises on them. <laughs> Cracked and in half. And half the or... time, no, <laughs> I think they were still whole at that point. But, you know, and half the time it's these hilarious orders that go out the door. We're like, the, this is what pe- the kind of content we need to photograph. People want to see. Um, and sometimes our customers are funnier than we are. So, yeah, we're definitely seeing, yeah, quotes around just, you know, you know nicknames and make, making fun of things that are happening in their life. And, and I'm sure it's all surrounded in context as well. You know, if you sort of just saw that float up on, on social media and you don't understand the relationship between, you know, the, the husband and the wife and, and you know, the, the shit they, they talk in the kitchen on a Monday morning, um, yeah, probably quite easy to, to be offended. But, um, you know, obviously everything in, in context. Um, and I guess if you're getting offended by something that's written on a cookie on a social media post, yeah, you probably need to have um, more things to do in your day. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Oh, you've given me so many ideas. It's like you could have these like Sweet Mickey Awards almost and it's like the best. Well, you know. We should. Like, yeah, we've had orders around like yay new tits. Maybe someone's had a mastectomy and then they've had a boob job. So it's often or, you know, it could be a cancer-related one but they're making fun of it. FU chemo or, you know, whatever it is, they're just like, you know, taking the mickey out of it and having fun with it and making the most out of a shit situation. The and, situation yeah, trying awards. Make- <laughs> you can yeah, yeah, but we, we often we see things and we're like, what does this mean? Or we get funny photos or where people get like the worst photos of their friends and put them on cookies <laughs> and print them and send them to them on their birthdays because we do edible images as well. Um, but we're so used to seeing all sorts of things. Like we don't even bat an eyelid. We're just like, oh, yeah, like we don't ask questions. We just write it. <laughs> you do sensitize. So <laughs> yeah, we're just like, oh, it's not our business, you know, <laughs> but as, <laughs> we're just hoping they're well received. These days a lot of our inspiration comes from our customers and we're like, oh, that's so funny and making sure we're stopping to photograph you know we get so busy we don't always get to put up every hilarious order um, that comes through but yeah that's the sort of things that you know our audience love to see oh yeah sorry it makes me just think it's so much more than a cookie it's and that's like just for me the epitome of brand it's like this is trading its ingredients are a cookie but you add that element of humor on top and then you add that element of personal jokes and in jokes and it's this experience that people get to give to their friends and create that moment between them yeah, that's that's what I love about the business is I don't feel like I'm just making cookies. It's it's more than that. And making people laugh and feel good is what I enjoy, not necessarily making cookies. So, yeah, that, that was always the bit that I loved the most and I still love the most is, you know, and I do – I love it when I see gift notes in the printer and reading them and they make me laugh out loud. And that's the bit that I love about having a gifting business. Delivering, yeah, like you said, in that line, delivering, I think, delight, <laughs> deliciousness and delight, so good. So obviously, you know, you started in the kitchen, you know, you said you had a family recipe. So how's that process been from, you know, doing your own stuff for, for friends and family, you know, small small coffee shops to now, you know, sending all across the all across Australia to, you know, big clients like Google, Hugo Boss, you know, Westpac, Snapchat. Like how has that process gone from, you know, you know being a, a small one-person show to, to – to what Sweet Mickey is today. Yeah, we've had to make changes along the way. Like even our small batch, you know, recipe, it's not always commercial to do it on scale. So we have to make changes to recipes. But, you know, obviously it's completely customizable and it's resonated with brands because you can ship it Australia-wide. It's not like a donut or a cake that has a 24-hour, sh- you know, shelf life. So the product sort of worked to our advantage in that it's, you know, it's quite durable and shippable. It's got a good shelf life. So... Yeah, that sort of worked for us. Um, but I think one thing I've struggled it with is, you know, yes, our core product's been so popular, but 
it hasn't left a lot of time for us to work on new new concepts and flavors and products because we I you know and then I, because I bootstrapped it it was just me and a few other people helping me which didn't have a lot of resources for new products so we've been creating you know the same cookies for a while but now we're sort of trying to branch out into new products and and be a bit more creative and yeah making sure that we're not just a one trick pony and that we can <laughs> you know, evolve and into new things and, and always be changing our offering or, yeah, making sure that we're still authentic to the product that everyone loves, you know, um, that we create, but still evolving and making it interesting for us, but also for our customers so that we're not just the same quote cookie. Yeah, yeah sure. just making sure that we're evolving our brand and product to, to, to be relevant and stay relevant. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and yeah, you did mention the, the shelf life. I ate one of our cookies way later than I would like to admit on a podcast. But yeah, they hold their shelf life for, for quite a while. Yes. My partner often finds old cookies around the house and he'll just be eating them. Um, <laughs> We're all still alive. <laughs> yeah, everyone's still alive. But yeah, th- that's definitely worked to our advantage. But yeah, we're definitely currently experimenting with some new things, which is really exciting. So just with the, the innovation and, and, and going through and developing your, your products you know, more and more, is that how you, you seem to stay relevant with you know, a lot of imitative brands coming in and, and, and sort of building off what you guys have already done? Yeah, I think I think so. And making sure that our, our service and our delivery and our quality is second to none. And, you know, that's something that people come to us for because they know that we can do the scale and our quality. Our quality is great. And, yeah, just, you know, automation and our digital presence and making things easy for the customer. And then, yeah, looking at other products and, and, and add-ons and, and things that we can offer them so that we can be, you know, the ultimate destination when they're buying a gift, but also, you know, for other sweets and, and feel good things. But yeah, definitely want to expand our footprint and our offering, you know, more and more. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I just so many ideas spark when I hear you talking. It's like partnerships where, yeah, they're, that are also involved in feel good moments. And especially you mentioned Valentine's Day. I was like, oh my gosh, the collaborations you could have with a Valentine's Day gift, um, whether it's like sex toy brands, if that's kind of with where Sweet Mickey plays. Um, I feel like there's just so many fun things to do, but you're right. It is really hard as a business owner to have your eye on that as the experimental mm-hmm. opportunities as well as the day-to-day and making sure that that's running as effectively as it can. Uh, definitely. And I think, yeah, with limited resources and a popular core product, it doesn't always leave you time for those fun collaborations and and, and that sort of stuff. But yeah, we definitely try and do them when we can and, and trying to make sure that that's a priority. Yeah, because, you know, social media is hard to grow these days. You know, initially it was a lot easier to grow your fan base, but there's so many people out there now. It's quite noisy. So yeah, I think collaborations and other things like that are just more important than ever. Totally. Leveraging each other's audiences. So mm-hmm. changing tune a little bit, when you're brainstorming lines or ideas for Sweet Mickey, do you have a process that you follow and does it involve other people or is it more something that you do yourself? So yeah, now like today that process definitely involves a couple of other people in the business that are in sort of, you know, um, marketing design. Yeah, there's a couple of people that are involved in workshopping and brainstorming ideas and then we sort of like to leave that process open for a couple of weeks so we can revisit it Um, and then when we've had other ideas that have come to us at, you know, in the shower or wherever (laughs) they might be, we'll add them in. So yeah, that, that process is collaborative with my team and then we like to sort of revisit it and then if we're torn we're, like we definitely like to um, involve our production team and 
our girls that make the cookies and getting them involved and asking them what their ideas are as, as well and getting them to vote on which they prefer. So, yeah, we sort of like to involve everyone in the business. Like if we're having a Friday lunch, we'll show them ideas and see what they like and, yeah, involving everyone because the girls who make the cookies every day are the ones seeing what people order every day mm. and reading the messages. So I think they have a really good idea of what our customers like. So, yeah, it sort of might start initially with a few people and then we involve everyone if we want to shortlist ideas and then we go to, you know, making, you know, we make digital mock-ups and, and then we make, you know, samples to photograph. So that's the sort of process. But we definitely start with, you know, the, the quote based or the, the words first. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. Thank you for sharing that, like, little behind-the-scenes nugget. Uh, so... Are You Okay Day? It's coming up and I know that's a huge, you've been promoting it um, a little bit and I know last year I watched that, your contribution there and the donation that Sweet Mickey makes is 25 cents from each cookie is sold to Are You Okay? As a founder, and please only answer this if you you are comfortable discussing this question, as a founder, what's your relationship been like with mental health? Yeah, so the Are You Okay Day cookies have become super popular for the business. Since the charity's, you know, formation, we've, we've had corporate customers that have come to us to essentially get catering for their events that they do at work or gifts to staff. So we're not officially associated with the organisation, but we make sure that we're doing our bit to put out the word and about the awareness of the day and then we donate um, part proceeds. So, yeah, it's definitely become a huge event for our corporate clients. Um, and, yeah, for me personally, I think my own experiences with mental health, I think initially, like being a founder of a small business, it can be quite isolating because I was work, I went from working in businesses with other people to suddenly working in a kitchen on my own. Mm-hmm. So that can, that process for me was quite isolating, hard to sort of, you know, maybe self-motivate or feeling a little bit alone or you're not having a business partner to bounce off or that support other than obviously friends and family, you know, that could be quite challenging. I'd sort of keep myself busy and uh, I, was, I would listen to TED Talks basically or you know, that this was pre-probably podcasts, you know, I wasn't really listening to, now <laughs> I listen to podcasts to and from work all the time. But it, back then for me it was, yeah, TED Talks or YouTube videos or whatever. Yeah, trying to stay motivated and supported through listening to things. So I think that that's, you know, sort of how I operated. But yeah, now today as a business owner, it can be challenging, you know, obviously the pressures and stresses of running a business. And I found social media also contributed to that. Like, you know, you can, that can be a bit overwhelming. And the pressures of running a social media account, I think, have been challenging on my mental health and sometimes different people you get out there and messages you receive it's hard to sort of yeah I I definitely have experienced my own anxiety my own experience yeah has definitely been challenging over the years but that's sort of been my experience but you know you you find ways to manage and stay supported and yeah through listening to (laughs) podcasts and yeah other people's experience and yeah yeah, definitely hearing other people's experiences, I find normalizes it so much, like the stresses of business ownership, the stresses of parenthood, all of those mm. sorts of things. And also with social media, people forget behind those brands, behind those accounts, there are other people on the other on the other side. So yeah, I think we just have to be aware of what's being said out in the, the public domain. And it's very easy to, you know, for keyboard warriors to get in there and, and be offensive to someone who's on the other end. Um, so yeah, something to be mindful of. Yeah, I think it's it can be hard as a founder and being emotionally, so emotionally invested in your business and connected to it. And, and I think as you get on, you sort of have to separate that and get better at 
and not being as as emotionally invested in everything within the business and 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 yeah creating boundaries and um and outsourcing things that you know think oh that's no longer healthy for me to do I need someone who you know is not so emotionally attached to it to be able to do that and just you know playing to your strengths and and doing the things that you're best at you know and I guess it's coming yeah. back to that that why that you you had you hit on quite early. It was you know it's about making people laugh and and doing the Mickey. Um, and I think coming back to that sometimes, you know, really really grounds you where you can get caught up in you know the negative comments or you know the the pressures of getting orders out the door. Um, so so thank you so much for for sharing. Yeah, my pleasure. I think it is hard not to let that fear grow and and to become scared. I think it's you know at the start you're a little bit more carefree and yeah experimental. I think it's yeah, important to think about why you started and try and get back into that mindset as much as you can. Yeah, and get that get that excitement up again, you know. It's mm. a good reminder for yeah. us. I should listen to this part of the podcast again <laughs> to us as yeah. that motivation. So I know part of your journey, you've had kids along the way of being a business owner and um, you're about halfway through a preg- current pregnancy now as I'm, I'm not halfway through, I keep trying to say that, but <laughs> I'm a good few, like a month or so off having my second child. What's the experience been like of having a business baby and and real babies as well? Yeah, I've I had my I had twins in 2020 literally during the midst of lockdown and everything. Wow. So, yeah, having two as my first and plus a business which got super busy through lockdown, I found that incredibly challenging. You know, I didn't obviously imagine at the time when I would take time off to have the kids that uh, there would be all this stuff going on in the world, um, which made the business super busy. So it was all happening at once. You know, I had a great team who was running the show when I wasn't there. Um, but yeah, I found it, I found it definitely a juggle and I was literally on my computer and still doing payroll. I think the day I was induced, like I was, <laughs> I was still quite um, involved in the business at that point. But yeah, it, it I think for me, I've just had to learn to let go and just to find the right people um, that you have trust in and you can't be everywhere at once. And you def- I definitely get the mum guilt and the business guilt, like you feel guilty when you're not with the kids and then you feel guilty when you're not with your team. But I think just learning to, yeah, to do what you can when you can and, and, and create yeah, a bit more balance. I actually love going to work and being with my team. So when I'm there, I, I actually prefer to work with the team rather than from home separate a little bit so yeah that's sort of maybe how I manage it is just yeah I separate things a little bit when I can rather than working from home I find that works for me same I feel you on that maybe this is a tip for me because I just get such bad guilt like yesterday I was home with um, my son because he was sick and I was trying to work and I just feel like I'd rather be present with you here and then I, I love work going into the office as well into the studio and working so yeah, I think that separation is nice, but you do definitely get those guilts, don't you? Definitely. Awesome. But I was relieved that this pregnancy is not a twin pregnancy. It's just one. <laughs> so I can imagine. You're walking the park, mate. Were twins uh, running in your family? Did you have any idea that you may have twins? Uh, they do. Like my cousin has twins as well. But even though they do, you just still don't think you're going to have twins. So, yeah, they get very excited when they see like my cookies around. I have to sort of hide them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't get over there a lot. But, yeah, as they get older, I'm excited to have them over there a bit more. Oh, so um, great. Free labour. Yeah. Yep. Hey, look, even something to do with kids, I'm sure those ideas have come up to, for you about product, you know, something to do with the kids' space as well. 
Yeah, well, I have to be careful because I actually have a stepdaughter who would excitedly show her friends my website or bring it up at school and there's like the F word and some cheeky words on there that I'm like, oh, that's a bit embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the crazy stepmom with the F-bomb website. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've got to be careful. But my stepdaughter loves coming over and she has like helped you know, stick cookies and fold boxes and um, she loves being over there. So, yeah, when she can, she comes over, which is really cute. Oh, that's awesome. So good for her to see that happening and unfolding. Like what an awesome experience as a young person. Yeah, I like I'll let her make cookies for her friends or a grandma or whatever um, and she just loves it. So it's, it's so cute to see kids over and enjoying it. And stuff. Uh, kids love cooking. I don't know. Do you find Banks loves cooking? Or- <laughs> First the eating oh. of, of whatever, whatever we're cooking. But um, yeah, he's definitely, you know, interested and I think as he gets older that that interest is is definitely growing so and he, yeah he needs to yeah. start pulling his weight one way or another so well, I guess cooking would be a, a <laughs> good <laughs> starting point <laughs> he is too um so that brings us to the last of our questions that I had prepared for um today thank you so much for joining us on boring is bad for business it's been a pleasure to learn how you know one of those brands that we look up to and go this is the like the absolute opposite of, of a boring brand has um the journey you've come on to create it and then some of those, you know, the things that you put in place to keep remaining in that really inspiring and provocative space. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners uh, before we wrap up today? No, I, I think, yeah, my, yeah, what I'm just learning lately is like, don't forget why you started. Um, and it's, it is nice to look back to the start, you know, especially as you get in, like, we're in our seventh year now. Yeah, don't forget why you started and let that sort of re-inspire you. Love it. Wonderful so advice. Lovely. Well, thank you, Emma, again. And um, we look forward to staying in touch and looking for the new things that pop up on the horizon for Sweet Mickey, some of those things that you've alluded to. Yeah, I better get brainstorming with my team, make sure they keep being <laughs> cheeky and naughty. The pressure's on. So that's the end of this episode. We'll talk to you soon. 